Hello and welcome to week six of our discussion of Rabbi Yonah's four kitot. Right, where in Sota says there are four groups that won't be able to uh, greet the divine presence, and we're up to group number two. We spent uh, five weeks on group number one uh, on the uh, late sim, late sanim. Now we're up to the shakarim, the liars. And this, I think, unfortunately, is a topic that's most relevant in our times as well, and therefore very much worth reviewing. Rabbi says, these are the shakarim. There are nine types. There are going to be nine types of liars we're going to have to review. It'll take us two weeks to review them, and then we'll see other issues that come up in terms of truth-telling. So, remember, he goes in order of most stringent, most strict to least. So, right? The, the first is an example of a person who lies, but Rabbeinu thinks the worst kind of a lie is when the person damages somebody else financially, at least, with the lie. An example would be that I am in possession of somebody else's property and they come to collect it and say, I don't have it, right? Or I take something of theirs and I lie about it. Or I have their I have their wages and I refuse to give it to them, right? Those are all psukim in the Torah. Or somebody gives false testimony in a court case where the person is going to lose now because of the false testimony. The, the, the Rabbiniona then includes in that group any kind of trickery, any kind of deceit in business or fraud in business and in partnerships, all of that will be included not only in the fact that it's fraud, right? Fraud is a financial crime, but we're now saying, Rabbi Yon is saying, this person also is putting himself into the highest group of liars and and, and the ones who are most likely to uh, bear this terrible punishment. The Rambam, I just pointed out, the Sefer Mitzvos in Mitzvah in the prohibitions two forty eight and two forty nine. The Rambam has separate prohibitions for this. I actually recently discussed this, and I put out a thing on a Mitzvah of the Week that goes on the Torah Musing website and goes out to uh, those who want to sign up with me for a weekly email uh, to grothst at gmail dot com. I pick a Mitzvah every week. So the Mitzvah of Parshat Noach was the series of Mitzvot about these issues about theft. So one is there's a specific prohibition in the Torah not to deny things that we owe or pick donot or items that were left with us for safekeeping and that we're not allowed to deny it um and that's and there's a punishment and there's a warning in another pasuk and that's uh and that's a problem and such a person the rambam, rambam says is not able anymore it has invalidated themselves from being a witness in court even if they didn't swear meaning they just said it in court. They just said out loud, no, I don't have it, and they denied having it. That will render them invalid to be a witness. The next prohibition in the Torah is that we're not allowed to swear to deny money that is that we owe, and that's going to be about lying. So this is the highest level of liars, the worst kind of liars. person is has is, is got some monetary connection to somebody else, and they lie in a way that will damage that other person financially. The Sefer Achinoch, when he's talking about these mitzvahs, about defrauding people, he says the root of the mitzvah, the reason for the mitzvah is well understood. Everybody understands about that you can't do this, uh, that we want people to to earn the reward of their work that Hashem has given them. And everybody really benefits from this because if I don't cheat you and you don't cheat me, nobody gets cheated. But the, the I'm sorry, the Sefer Akinov knows that people might be thinking to themselves, I'm the best cheater. Of course I'll con other people and I'll get away with it and I'll and I'll do it and I'll win. The, the, I'm sorry, the Sefer Akinov says, 
even if you think you are, Ulai Banav Lo But maybe his children, I mean, there's a movie that I like very much actually called Digstown. At the end of it is uh, never, never con a con man. I think is there's a whole debate about whether it's never hustle a hustler, never con a con man. But the point is that one of the things that fuels people lying is they think, I'll lie and get away with it. Oh, you'll tell me it hurts society, but I'm the best. That's not going to hurt me. And there's even a you know, suggestion, and I don't think this will work in practice for people, but his suggestion is if you keep in mind the longer picture, that maybe you're a great con, but maybe your kid won't be. Won't you, won't you be upset if your kid gets conned out all of his money? And therefore, that's a reason for us not to lie. So line number one is about, this is what I'm going to do all of it. Line number one is about what it does to society and the workings of the financial system, the workings of the economy. If people get used to the fact that if they leave something with somebody else, uh, the person might lie about it and they'll never get it back. Well, either they won't leave things with them and then we won't have this nice common social convention of people taking care of things for other people, right? Imagine if nobody would ever leave a key with anybody else to water their plants because they know the person will lie about this or this and this. You'll find ways around that you'll put in cameras over this, but every time, I think part of what Renio was saying is that every time that we lose social trust around these things, that damages society. That's one issue about the lie. Then there's the actual financial problems about the lie. So that's step one with the liars. Step two is Kuf Ayin Tet, paragraph 179 in the third section of Sharei Tshuva. The next one is Hamashaker, the in Etsem Hashaker Nezekachavirah. Now the person lies, but the lie itself doesn't damage the other person. So the first step was lies, where the other person gets damaged by the lie, and then it's not only about the lying itself, it's about the impact on the social system. Here, it's a more subtle damage, because the lie itself doesn't create any damage. But the person lying intends to damage the other person, but they're just not up to it yet. This is a preparatory lie. This is a lie that lays the groundwork for later damaging them. For example, says Rabbi Yona, if somebody misleads another person to think that they are friends, and I'm your, I'm your friend, I like you, you can trust me, and the point is that down the road, you're going to trust me, and then I'll be able to damage you, cheat you, take your money, take your business, right? You hear this that story, unfortunately, here much more often than we should about business partners where one partner outmaneuvers the other one and just takes over the business and, and gets rid of the other guy with minimal nothing. That's the lie they were talking about here. Rabbi Yonah quotes a verse in Yermio, Befiv shalom et re'ehu, yidaber. Externally, with his words, the person talks at peace with the other person. Uvekir bo, yasim or bo. But inside, he's planning a way to that person downfall. So that's, that's, now this is another lie that has, this lie has financial damage to it. It's just not immediate. So steps one and two in lying are lies that hurt other people, either right now, or we're doing it knowing that we're going to set them up. The Ayla says, Rabbi these two types of lies, on Shamal Shnedvarim, there's two issues here. There's the lie and the damage. But the Rabbi says, the lie itself is to avat Hashem. To avat Hashem means something like an abomination of God. It's a pasuk in Mishle. To avat Hashem sifte shaker that uh, that lying lips are an abomination to Hashem. That's something. Unfortunately, I just think we've lost it. Rabbi is, t- is talking about lies that have a financial thing, but now he's pausing 
to separate for us between the lie issue and the damage issue. And the lie issue itself is a problem because Hashem abhors falsehood. And we live in a time when many, many people, certainly politicians, but many prominent people, are casual with the truth at best. They will say things that are false all the time, and people don't react to it. V'neemar, so the Rebbe Yonah quotes another Pesach in Mishlei, Sheshina Shanei Hashem. There are six things that God hates, but among them are Enayim remote, haughty eyes, or eyes that look where they shouldn't, Lishon Shaker, a false language, false speech, and a Lev Choresh Makashevot Avin, and a heart that's planning and plotting a guilty wrong deeds. So the Rebbeinu has put them both into the second level of lying, is a person who is a person who's planning somebody else's downfall and using the lies to eventually get them. Right? So that's a little bit on lying and lying that hurts other people, but the lie itself being a problem. The Rajbam and Vayikran, a completely different verse. The verse says, We're not supposed to hate our fellow Jews in our hearts. Says the Rajbam, who is a biblical comedy, who's a grandson of Rashi's, he lives in like the early, late 1100, early 1100s. He's saying, which is something you think about today in terms of our social circles. If somebody did something bad to you, the Rashbam says, don't make it seem like everything's fine. And you're, you're the person, you're planning your revenge in your heart. So he says, really what the Pazik wants to do is not to hate the person. What the Torah wants is for us to have an open, frank conversation about it. The person who was hurt and damaged to reveal that. Almasha, I saw what you did. And that'll get to peace. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't always get to peace. Sometimes somebody who feels hurt says to the person, I feel hurt by now. Meaning, here's our here's our choices. One choice is to cover it over. I really, really mean to get the person back whenever I get a chance to. But I'll cover it over and I'll look like I'm like I'm happy with them. Rejbam says, you can't do that because that's a lie. That's a falsehood. That's wrong. You know, I do the Torah says, that kind of lying is inappropriate, is unacceptable. So you think that the solution is to speak the matter. What happens if that doesn't work either? So that's not our lying question, but there's a question that comes up often in our interactions with people. We have to worry about that. Think about that. How do we, what do we do about being socially polite to people that we have a, we have beef with, as it were, that we're upset with? but we're not going to be able to get satisfaction by bringing it up to them. That's a hard problem. But the Rajbam is saying that the the prohibition against hating a fellow Jew in our heart might be a prohibition just in general about hatred, but it's particularly a prohibition about hatred where we still think we might have the option of bringing it up with them and resolving it. And certainly acting as if everything is fine when it's not, and we, and I'm not saying this is allowed either, but and we intend to exact revenge of some sort for it or to punish them for it, that's not acceptable. Says the Messiah Sharim in chapter 11, Lying. Now he's talking about lying in general. Rabbi so far has focused on lies that have a, a, a damaging effect on another person in financial terms and other terms. He's saying just lie itself is, is very widespread, big problem. There's, there's levels, right? So he says there are people whose whole lives are built, their whole profession is built on lying. They make things up 
in order to have lots of conversation with people or to be thought of as wise people and they know a lot of things, right? If I sound very authoritative, then people will come to me with problems, with issues. They'll put me part of their business deals. It can be like a business model. In the business model, I make stuff up and I speak as if I know stuff that I don't really know. And that's my business model. And then people trust me and they think of me as this uh, widely knowledgeable person. About them, he quotes the same verse in Mishnah that many already did. To about Hashem sifte shaker, it's an abomination to God, the people who speak uh, untruths. And he says, and then he quotes like a bar in Sota, you'll be one of those Kito. I'm just pointing out that while Rabbi Yonah has started off, he's going to get to other lies very soon. He's going to eventually be against any kinds of lies of any sorts. But Rabbi Yonah has, has put us in the framework of thinking, well, maybe it's not so bad if it's not a lie that causes financial damage to somebody else. And that's what these other sources are coming to point out to us. No, it's it's bad all along. Mrs. Sherman is saying, if I lie just in general, and I might not yet get anything out of it directly, but just the lie itself puts me, and God forbid, puts a person into that group. The Malmut to that verse in Mishlei, we have that verse in Mishlei, to about the Shem Sifte Shaker, the Malmut to that verse in Mishlei says, We translate the word toeva as abomination, which I'm not even sure that I know what the word exactly means, but more than that, I certainly don't know what it means in terms of God. So when we say that it's an abomination to God, we have to figure out what that means. It comes up in other contexts as well, right? The word abomination is one used elsewhere in the in the scriptures, and it's always contentious when it does, not always, but it's often contentious when it does. So here, the Malbim is arguing that the word toeva comes as the antonym to the word ratzon. Now, ratzon in terms of God also is where we have to figure out what does it mean that God wants somebody? It means something like God is pleased with that person, God sees that person as a valuable addition to the universe, to the world. So a teva would be the toeva, what we call an abomination, would be the reverse. He said, there's chafachim. Vechein, and so too, lying lips are the exact reverse of faithful lips, of lips that we can trust and lips that, that, that build the world. Somebody promised to do something. Whether it's a favor, I'm just doing them a good, a kindness, or there's an actual obligation. If you do it, sorry, then you've spoken trustworthily. And if you didn't do it, then you lied. The Ramalim thinks it's not that every lie is abomination, is an abomination to God. That I think he thinks is maybe too strict. It's not the act of the lie. It's in his view. The being used to the lie, it's the regular, the regularity of the lying. If somebody is lying regularly, I would think that would be about social structures, right? Remember that Rabbeinu, that I'm sorry, the Sefer Achino had said the reason for the prohibitions, or one of the reasons for the prohibitions against lying and cheating people out of it, I could have said it's just about the money. He says not just about the money; it's about the way that it hurts society. If I cheat you today, you're going to cheat me tomorrow. If I don't cheat and you don't cheat, then we'll all get along better. Right, so it's about the impact on the social structure and the social framework. The Malbim, I think, when he says it's about the custom and the regularity and the habit of lying, is saying something very similar. That 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 if we say things that aren't true and we get used to it, then that damages and that hurts the society. That's what and the ability the society the ability of society to function. That is what the verse in Mishnah means when it says it is a toeva 
which he's now taught us from his perspective, is the opposite of Ratzon. So abomination isn't a word we need to use. It's the opposite of Ratzon. Whatever that would be, that's going to be this Svat Sheker. There is a Gemara in Avodah Zara on Chafeh Bet that Rav Chaim Kanievsky commented on. Rav Chaim Kanievsky said, and I saw this in Chavuta, which is uh, it's like a way to, to help you learn Gemara, and they have it in Avodah Zara, and they have a footnote where they say that Rav Kanievsky said that he believes the prohibition of Sheker is Minha Torah, is biblical. However, he said it, he thought it was biblical. I would have thought, I once heard Nechama Leibowitz actually speak, where she said, now she's not a halachist, and I don't know if she was speaking technically, but she was pretty sure that the verse, Midvar Sheker Tirkak, that we have to stay far away from any matter of falsehood, which we'll get to in upcoming discussions, she thought that clearly set up a prohibition on law. He wasn't so sure. He thinks that at least, though, when there's a loss of money, when there's damage to somebody else, and his example is false testimony, that's a biblical prohibition. Then he says, however, a falsehood, a sheker, doesn't affect anybody. Right? Nobody's going to get hurt by it. It's just, it's just part of the... right. So that's an important contrast because I would have thought that a lie that damages somebody is that it damages them directly and now. But he's saying that the opposite of a lie that damages is a lie that just has no meaning to it. There's no value. There's no impact of it. It's just a lie. And I say, I say, I tell people, you know, I went to Dover yesterday. And I didn't. Right? They don't lose anything by it, unless they bet that I went to Dover. But they don't lose anything by it. Right? I know was thought, and I'm not sure that we all think this, but he thought, we're going to see other people who don't think this, actually. He thought it wasn't biblically prohibited. Even though it says in Mishlei, to Hashem, he says, that's not from the Torah. This is what he's claiming. I'm just representing because he's he was in his lifetime, you know, one of the well-respected figures of knowledge of Torah. So he says, Gwaran Sanhedrin says, he says that the he knows the Gemara says whoever means changes their words. We think that means something like lies. It's like they're worshiping about his earth, like they're worshiping a power other than Hashem. Also, sounds like it's very serious. Still says, I don't think it's an Isra Torah. That's what he holds. And therefore, he holds, and this is a slippery slope we're going to get to in upcoming discussions. Right, we are going to spend a few weeks on this idea of lying, and at the top of it's very close to my heart because I think we live in a time when too many people are not offended by lies. We'll get to that too about the obligation to be def- offended, not just to not just to not lie, but to be offended by lies. We'll get to that in upcoming discussions as well. He says, however, and this on this part, I'm not arguing with him. I'm just pointing out the challenge of figuring out which is which. He says, if there's a mitzvah that requires me to lie in some way, or there might be danger that would lead to me to lie in some way. Or some other need that is a, a well-established Torah need, he thinks you can lie. We're going to have to get to that as well. I'm just laying the groundwork. And therefore, when it comes, for example, in terms of Yaakov, or to the students of Rabbi Akiva, where they could escape from danger by lying in a certain way, and they had to lie, it was permissible. That's what he thinks. So we'll come back to that. So we have two levels so far, two categories of liars. Uh, for a Yona, they're about liars who cause financial damage to other people or intend to cause financial damage to other people. And then we had all the issues about lying. Now, the third one is not about causing damage, or it's causing damage, but in a 
passive way. The third type is somebody who comes with a kind of a trick, a plan, uh, and they uh, mean to, and they lie about it, and they lie, Linoa told me be'alav to prevent somebody from getting something good. We imagine if if somebody was about to get a job, and I said, "Oh, I think there were rumors about that person that he was an embezzler." Never heard such a rumor. I just throw it out there, and they say to themselves, "You know what? Better not even to get involved in it." La virtuva Now, and it's even worse if I want to get that job. So I want the job. I let that drop in conversation. It was uh, I can, and you know, if I'm sophisticated, about it, I'll even say it in a way that doesn't make it seem like I'm trying to compete with them. I'll say, you know, it's so great how he came back from those accusations of embezzling. And I say, what happened to that? And I say, but it's all not true, right? Now, below the exalted I'm not stealing from him. I just want that he doesn't have the job yet. I want the job, and so it's a benefit that's on its way, and I find a way to cheat him out of it with a lie. That there's some good, and I find a way to get it to me and not to him with a lie, right? Or I might lie in a way that will encourage somebody else to give me a gift. Now, they gave me the present. They gave it to me of their own free will. But I lied to encourage that free will, to, to develop, to sorry, encourage that goodwill that leads them to give me the present. And ikar on shell ala sheker. And the and the punishment, Rabbi Yonah says, is for the lie. It's not for the money. It's for the lie, as we saw earlier. So even though he's got this framework of the lies, starting the severity of lies, being those lies, those untruths that uh, that either damage somebody else financially or bring one a reward they don't deserve, right? So that's going to be uh, that's going to be problem with the lie, but Rabinion is stressing for us, but it's the lie itself. It's the falsehood that's the real problem. But it gets even worse when I cause financial loss or when I get them to give me money that that, that I shouldn't have, and that's going to make it worse, and that's um, and it's about the lie more than about the money, Rabinion pauses to say. For example, he quotes a Gemara in Sanhedrin to us, that we had seen Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky quote a second ago. We said, sure, that Gemara is true, but it's only a rabbinic issue. Let's see Rabbi Yonah. He says, Somebody who changes with their words, which means lies, says things that aren't true. It's as if they're worshiping a power other than God. And then he quotes a person in Yermio that says, It's falsehoods, it's uh, vanity, and the, the the actions of people who just do the wrong things. The reason it's like worshiping a power other than God is that by deciding that one needs to use a lie to get to one's goals, they're relying on the lie. They're relying on the fact that you can't, meaning there are people today who will say it straight out. They'll say you can't be a good person and get ahead in this world. You can't just, now, there are permissible ways to, uh, I don't know, just to either to stretch the truth or to help the game be one that one can succeed at. There are ways to do that. But if it's falsehood, then we're saying, you know what? God made a world. God made the Torah. God said in the Torah. This is what I think Rabbi Yonah is saying. God said in the Torah, don't lie, or you shouldn't lie, or you shouldn't use falsehood to earn money. We know that even, meaning Rabbi Yonah said plenty of biblical obligations in terms of money. Rabbi Chaim Kanevsky had to concede that. So we're saying, don't lie, don't lie. And then say, yeah, but if you want to make a living, you got to. And that would be what we're saying here. So that's the issue, that's the concern, that's the problem. Now, the last source for today, 
Chavetz Chaim in a work he wrote called Svat Tamim, which is about proper speech. He says, Even if somebody is not stealing from somebody or hurting them financially, but there's a future good that I'm trying to stop, that I'm going to get to go my way with my lies, or they'll give me a present, that's, that's cheating. That's tricking. That's lying and getting financial gain that's inappropriate. The carbon shov is el sheker, and the punishment is mostly for the lie. And therefore, you're going to have a big, a big punishment for it, as is if you cause damage to the other person. And then also, Chavetz Chaim says, this whole character trait is, is hated by God, or, you know, whatever the word, whatever we mean by that emotion, but it means that God rejects the whole character trait, because remember, we're saying that God will, because of this uh, character trait, God will, in fact, uh, have somebody not be in their presence. As it says, as the verse says, that somebody, that none who are, who perform rimiya, who perform uh, falsehoods or trickeries, will sit in God's house, as it were. And also, Chazal say, the seal of God is truth. Something I think is very worth remembering, but unfortunately, too many of us uh, manage to sort of put off and not uh, let ourselves think about. Clearly, if Hashem chose to make his seal be about, uh, about truth, then how terrible it is if we go the other way. So I think that's our first steps for today. I think that we've made our first forays into the nature of falsehood. Uh, the fourth type is, I'll just give you an upcoming, uh, we have more, more to say about it next time, but uh, coming attractions is somebody who tells a lie about stories, about facts that he's heard, and he changes them on purpose, but gets nothing out of it. So that'll be the kind of lie that we know perhaps more often. So we've had the liars who gain something by it. There are plenty of those, unfortunately. Uh, they gain something by it either directly, they, they, they steal somebody else's money by that, or they gain by it by preventing that other person from getting a benefit that would have come to them and instead bring it to themselves. Those are the three kinds of liars we have. We have immediate gain, for immediate theft by lies. We have long-term theft by lies. And then we have, and then we have uh, not theft, but preventing a benefit going to somebody else and getting it to them to us. So that has been our discussion of Riniona's the beginning of Rabinion's Kach Shakarim. We're a third wave through them. Next time, we'll get to many more of them, and then we'll want to see how lies, and as Rabinion of uh showed us, not just lies, but other kinds of untruth, where we are and aren't allowed to say them, and we'll be launched on our discussion of when we say that God seals truth, how does that obligate us, and where does that obligate us? At a first step, it obligates us not to lie in ways that damage other people. Thank you for joining us, and uh, that's our discussion for today.